Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and very excited to welcome back Ree Perez, who is a former Fortune 500 brand consultant turned entrepreneur, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and CEO of Branding for the People, which is a strategic branding agency that helps entrepreneurs build best-in-class brands. He's the author of the best-selling book, Your Brand Should Be Gay, Even If You're Not, The Art and Science of Creating an Authentic Brand. And today, Re is joining us uh, to talk about his, his brand new, brand new learning suite <laughs> called How to Build a World-Class Brand to Command, uh, command Premium Pricing. I want to jump in, Re, and ask you, you know, in your course, the, the new course with Growth Institute, you've, you've defined brand as being a desired perception. And I'm curious, what do you mean by brand is a desired perception and how do you create a desired perception? Yeah, so the thought process here is, uh, I always like to say you don't own your brand, it resides in people's minds. And so everything from how you look, what you say, how you say things, all create a perception in people's minds. And the reality is, People create perceptions of each other all the time, whether it's people or businesses. And the thought process here is, what's the desired perception that you want to create for your business? Or if you're building a personal brand, what's the desired perception that you want to make sure that people know exactly who you are and who you're not and and build a brand around that? Because then ostensibly that desired perception is going to attract the, the, the customers, the clients that you desire to attract, and then ultimately impact your business. So the sum of all that is you want to create, so what you do for a business, let's say you make shoes, you sell tires, you provide services, there's what you do for a business, then your brand, the perception uh, is the layer on top of what you actually do that makes it easier for your customers to buy from you, to resonate with you, to, to want to learn more about what you have to sell, right? And it's that, the, so we deal in the realm of perception and, and being able to influence that perception so you can get the business results that you're looking to get. You mentioned in the beginning, you know, that you like to say that a business doesn't necessarily own the brand. It's the the market that's kind of like create or gets to decide what the brand is. So well, there's, there's a kicker there. That that is okay, that, that's not exactly how I would language it. Um, but so let me let me bring in another distinction here. This is important. Yeah, so uh, oftentimes, uh, so I'm a I'm a brander. <laughs> So, and I know a lot of marketers. So oftentimes you can build a business and a brand through great marketing without actually first defining your brand. And you're like, well, let me spend all this money in advertising and, you know, whatever, all this marketing activity. And then by default, based on how the market responds, 
that becomes our brand. So it's brand by default. If I'm being a purist on the branding side of things, branding is about sort of putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is who we are as a business, as a company, and then going to market with your proposition. And, you know, obviously there's a little bit of back-ending and back-end uh, research in terms of what is the customer, what's the problem we're trying to solve. But sometimes brands are built and solving a problem that the customer didn't know that they were trying to solve. And so that's where some of the most innovative brands come in. You're like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is the hole in the market that we're filling. And then now let's bring this to market. And so now you're building a brand with strategic intent versus a brand by default. Now, in today's marketplace, I think there is a convergence of those two lines of thinking because sure, you can put a stake in the ground and saying this is who we are, but if no one buys it, it doesn't matter. So there it's like, well, this is who we are. This is uh, what we stand for. This is the products and service that we're creating. Now let's iterate based on that, how the market is responding to this and what's important to them. And then you create an even better product. So it's just a different purview on how to approach growing a business through branding. So, yeah. you know, your, your class is about premium branding, what, you know, being able to command premium pricing for the products and services that you're delivering. And I'm curious, what makes a brand premium? Like, what are the characteristics that would separate like a Lululemon from an Old Navy if you're looking for a pair of leggings? Yeah. So on the broadest sense, I would say when I when I think of premium brands, I think that of brands that are not competing, uh, they're not commodity, they're not competing on price. That's my plain sort of English way to approach this. So if you're not competing on price, what are you competing on? You're competing on value. You're, and that value can look different things. That value could come in terms of other things like Nordstrom has a, you know, a, a, a refund policy that I guess you can return anything at any time at Nordstrom, right? So the customer service, that's a value to the Nordstrom brand. Uh, some, some brands might um, have, uh, this, uh, this is actually kind of recent, I came across this. If you ever have one of those Cutco knives? Those great Cutco scissors. Yes. Great scissors. <laughs> great scissors. So basically they have this whole thing where it's like free sharpening. You just, as long as you ship it to them, they can like, you know, it, so that's, a, that's an ad. They didn't have to do that. I'm sure people can just buy sharpeners, but they pride themselves on having these really sharp knives. So what do they do? They added that in, they added value into their, their, uh, their brand by making it easier for you to get them sharpened and have that same level of quality. Um, in your knife. So every brand is different, but it is, that's the short version is basically creating value and competing on value rather than price. Thank you. Yeah. Another one of the pillars that, that you talk about in your course is that a great brand tells a story. And I can sure there's like a lot of consumer brands. We've been talking about a lot of consumer brands that have great stories, but when we look into like the B2B space or some like less exciting industries, um, telling that story is a little bit more difficult. So 
how do you how do you help your clients come up with a story for maybe like a commercial cleaning business that isn't necessarily selling something that people are you know dying to have every day? Well, okay, that's an interesting thing because I actually did brand a corporate cleaning company, oh, and so um, so I can draw upon reference on that. But um, how do you reconcile telling your story? I think whether you're a B two B B to C, a personal brand, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, whatever that is, I do believe that story, your brand story, is important across the board. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to tell a story that is about. Uh, so, I'm going to use a broad example of a luxury brand. They're selling coolness. They're selling status, they're selling, you know, um, image, things that are very emotionally charged, but not necessarily life-saving, right? And in, in a B2B context, because I have a lot of clients that are in the B2B realm, you're not selling sex, you're not selling, you know, necessarily status or image or, you know, coolness, but you are selling some form of emotion in, or intangibility. And it might be centered around um, trust or impact. You know, a lot of big brands as part of their story is goes back to their story centered around their impact in the communities that they operate in or their ability to, uh, I don't know, convert plastic that they've collected in oceans and turn them into a product that helps tell the stories or provide uh, job opportunities or provides opportunities for, for people who otherwise wouldn't have opportunities. That's the story that people linger into. And so the story, whether it's very, you know, selling sex or selling status or image to selling a connection or selling, um, selling the idea that they're really part of helping to save the environment or they're helping to to usher forward a movement that still is compelling and so the real question here is whether you're b2b or b2c is what is your brand what's the movement of your brand and then tell your story from that perspective Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.